One of the fundamental realities of the Buddhist curriculum is that regardless of who or where we are, there is one essential activity no one else can do for us. Simply put, this is to observe the workings of our own mind honestly and consistently in order to understand the hows and whys of our own consciousness in action. While there are teachers, philosophers, and spiritual leaders who inspire us with wise techniques and guidelines and wonderful places to which we might travel in order to immerse ourselves in what we believe will be conditions more conducive to our spiritual advancement, our own development is achieved through progressive study, learning, knowledge, memory, reason, thought, reflection, and meditation. And this is work we must do on our own. To provide a motivational foundation from which to navigate the Buddhist path, it is often expedient to introduce Westerners to Siddhartha's teachings on karma, including therein our understandings of the natural law of ongoing cause and effect, creation, planting, and blossoming of fertile inclinations, also known as karmic seeds, in the mind stream, and taking responsibility for the architecting of our, and indirectly others, future states of mind by what we are intending and doing in the current moment. Karma is not, as many believe, fate or destiny. Rather, it is the inner workings by which we experience the moments of our lives as they occur, while directionally propelling us to what happens next. Seeing this clearly and determining to maintain mindfulness of it can be a profoundly awakening experience. Additionally, understanding that our feelings of suffering, stress, and struggle are not directly caused by others, but rather by the presence of self-created karmic inclinations blossoming in reaction to sensory input, including our thoughts, is, for beginning Dharma students, as revolutionary a methodology as it was when Siddhartha taught it more than 2,500 years ago. Perhaps now, in our not-my-fault-oriented culture, even more so. This leads us to see, and better yet know, that our annoyances with our boss or partner or neighbor or friend or enemy belong completely to us. In the past, be it in moments of this life or previous ones, we have cultivated the basis for each of our experiential reactions to occur. And when conditions are right for them to burst, BAM! Here they are, sometimes subtle, other times explosive, familiar and repetitive over and over. This burgeoning applies to the range of our afflictive emotions, also known as our kleshas, including jealousies, arrogance, greed, anger, insecurities, fears, etc. All ours, created by us, experienced by us, perpetuated by us. Of course, this is also true of our experiences of happiness, which is not dependent upon other providers to cause, enable, or give to us. Rather, it is our own obligation to understand what happiness truly is and its causes, cultivate the mind conditions for its arising, and then embody and share it when it flourishes. 
The idea that we need to look beyond ourselves, that is, to people or things or places, for our happiness, assigning to outside sources this deep emotional push-button control over our abiding mind, the very mind through which every aspect of our life experiences and conscious moments occur, is upon reflection not only bound to fail, but also strikingly foolish to attempt or hope for. Buddhist practice leads us to see that our mind is beyond precious and teaches us how to tend to it, learning to discern those states of mind that are unwholesome or harmful and those that are beneficial. Once identified, we choose, hopefully wisely, which to let pass and which to nourish. This is the animated structure of beneficial karmic activity. To understand, embrace, and engage with its workings will, in both the short and long terms, transform one's life. The Buddha taught that our persistent ignorance of mind has no beginning, but it does have an end. That end comes with the wisdom of full awakening. There is no magic pill that leads to the downfall of ignorance, nor is there a spiritual authority upon whose back we can hitch a ride. Each of us is responsible for shepherding our own way on this journey toward awakening. Even Siddhartha said he could only be a finger pointing at the moon, not the moon itself. We want and often expect transformation to unfold via legislation, through systems and or others stepping forward and getting it done on our behalf. Yet day after day, year after year, we remain inwardly immature and often lazily stuck in place. When we experience challenges, often our first instinct is to move our attention away, distracting ourselves, entertainment, Consumer consumption, vacation junkets, mind-numbing substances all provide little more than temporary distractions. Meanwhile, ignorance and confusion, safely ensconced interlopers, never threatened, continue on in their resolute, every-moment mind-burn, keeping us unaware. In this, not so bad, okay for now, no point complaining, etc., become not only acceptable, but sought-after attitudes. Wisdom is not something we can obtain from outside. It has been with us from beginningless time. The journey beyond ignorance into the vast depth of our wisdom, so profound to experience and precious to nourish, is one of personal participation. Uncovering wisdom is ours, yours and mine, to do step by step individually, without its cathartic components for manifesting virtue, peace, and happiness inwardly, we cannot experience genuine peace and happiness outwardly in the world. To go very far, we must initially focus on the near, and the near is I or me. And the regimen within which our work unfolds is that of karma. In this, we ourselves are responsible. No one else could possibly be. Understanding and acting upon this is not just a fundamental notion of Buddhist practice. It is a quantum step on its life-changing path. The movement of your mind, propelled by your karma, from which the fabric of your life is woven, is up to you. Rejoice. This Dharma recording was written by Mark Winwood.
Mark, that's me, is the founder of the Chenrizig Project, a Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group currently resident in Washington State and with a national online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrizig Project at www.chenrizigproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. Our accompanying music, titled Last Time, was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega. Bobby was joined by the Turtle Island String Quartet for this recording, which appears on his 1997 album Down the Road. You can learn more about Bobby and his music at his website, www.bobbyvega.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com. Or, as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. We remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity in sharing his beautiful music with our listeners. Please feel free to share this link with those you feel it might resonate. Thank you for listening.